Yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports' order. Mr. Logical 2-5, a.k.a. You're... the Rap Lee. Jab I we come back with the same jab times three. Sports Reports Ordered is back, folks. Like, review, subscribe. Thanks for showing us the love. Thanks for all the Facebook followers tonight. Appreciate that. Preview season is still going. Hopefully, you caught two five top 25 thoughts last night about college football. But tonight, we're going to talk about the AFC West as we make our way through the AFC this time around. And then, the uncomfortable conversation. Some of these coaches that we see on the sidelines will not be there next year. Who are they? Yeah, we've been pretty accurate with this over the last few years. Yeah. There's always like a few... Uh, Curveballs that come at us, so we'll see where the conversation. Hackett was Hackett was a curveball. We'll get into that. I mean, he definitely deserved it, but yeah, like I like I I didn't expect it to happen when it did. Like I thought, but on the other hand, I thought Dennis Allen was going to be gone. So you know, I think we quarterback injuries kind of give you uh, it gives you a a little bit of a cushion. Yeah, it does. You know what I mean? But, you know, they just had a lot going on last year, you know. But how about this? Like, not to be doing the spoiler thing, but Dan Campbell ain't on the hot seat. Who would have thought that a couple years ago? Yo, as soon as you said bite kneecaps, I'm like, man, fire fuego. Put gasoline under his seat. <laughs> as soon as I heard him say, we go bite kneecaps. We go go back there. We go bite him again. I'm like, I think he had a he had something in his head. And then when he started talking, it didn't come out. To see. Like, he probably had, like, you know, like Shannon Sharp has those sayings. My grandmother said this, you know, a blind squirrel to find a mouse. And he kind of did, you know, like something like that. Yeah. I think he had something like that locked in. So then when he started talking, like, he just went with the biting kneecaps. See, and see just I had kept that. going with it. I had the opposite. It might have been something like, like more of a mafia term. If I like, you know, we're going to take kneecaps out or something along those lines. And I think what he just—I think he messed up and said biting kneecaps and just went. See, with it had the opposite effect on me when he said it. I was like, "Damn it, Washington messed up again." You know, what I'm saying like, by not hiring him. Yeah, you know what I mean. Oh, you, I were just, in, you were into it like that. Oh yeah, I was into it, man. That took me back to the old school. You know, like I've been waiting for a coach in Washington that like brings a certain fire. Like we keep hiring all these like meek dudes and like dudes that just don't have that energy you know and ron rivera i like him from the standpoint of culture you know and he's obviously like turned washington around as far as the inside of the building maybe that he gets a lot of credit for that i hear but at the same time when i look they at they don't look dysfunctional on the field yeah like, yeah yeah they just don't and, look like but, winners but i think that's something that i don't know if he was ever really a winner i think he just had that's what i was about to say but when i looked at Sorry. him i was just like no disrespect i know you came up under andy reed but what you've done outside of the cam newton years you know and you know i just get him out of here you know i'm ready for the the enemy era <laughs> i mean you got a shot you got a shot you know what i'm saying but yes it's that time of show ladies and gents Get it off my chest, you know what I'm saying? I guess I'll get us started. I'm going to be positive, believe it or not. Like, 
You know, I dug deep into my soul to find this, but I want you all to know that the word of the day is perseverance. You know, life is always going to have obstacles. It's always going to knock you down. And what is measured of greatness is not how many times you get knocked down, but how many times you get up. I know you've heard that before. So I say that to say, John Mechie is back. You know, he came and played in preseason last week, had a catch for five yards. This guy had all the reasons to give up. You know, back in 2021, you know, he got injured during the uh, SEC title game. Well, I'm sorry, the national title game against Georgia. He got injured end of his college career. The year before that, he got injured against Georgia in the SEC title game. And then he came into the NFL draft got picked up by the Texans and found out that he had leukemia. And, you know, so he's been on the road to recovery, fighting back through the struggle to get back to where he is today, which he's probably the best receiver on the Texans roster right now. So, you know, that just goes to show you that no matter what life throws at you, you have the choice to respond in the way that you respond. Circumstances don't make you respond. What's inside of you makes you respond. So long story short, you know, when life gives you lemonades, when life pisses on your bed, you just flip the mattress and you make juice out of that shit. Be like John Mechie. Yeah, I respect that. I respect that. I respect it. Uh, Yeah, that's you you hear about people and terminal diseases. Like I said, we just, I just retired from the Air Force. Like I said, I was medically retired. So you deal with the doctor's appointments. Like I said, I got, I can only get blood drawn out of this left arm. And I'm going to say the calendar from 20, from summer 2020, probably through fall 2021. And I probably had my blood drawn like 40, 45 times. Like just every doctor visit, different little i get i get a message from my doctor hey go get this blood drawn i go there he's like i want to see you again in two weeks i need to get blood this week and then you get do this so like just sitting in there just like to the point where like i go get my blood drawn the the phlebotomist we have a conversation she's like oh you got this your kid now he's this and like it's like like a family thing because i'm in there so often so i understand like man that 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 struggle to, to to get back to health but to get back to health and then get back to such a physical sport, I mean, it's, you know, all the credit in the world to that individual's, to that man's perseverance. So it was like, so I admire the positivity. I'm about to get real negative, though. <laughs> never, really, never really negative, honestly. Like, my get off my chest is just the joint practices, the NFL joint practices in the and then the subsequent fights that come from like practice, just this, this, this intensity that feels a bit forced. It feels as if the NFL is the greatest Broadway show known to man. We love it. We spend money on it. The way people were spending $20,000 a ticket to see Hamilton, the way Lin Manuel is making, I think he made like five or $6 million the first year. Uh, Hamilton came out. Roger Goodell is probably making forty-five to fifty million this year off the NFL. It is a Broadway production. I'm just not a fan of making everything a production. We are going to watch the sport. 
me and Mike are about to talk about it for the next 55 to 65 minutes. There's highlights on YouTube. I got an iPad here. I'm watching the preseason game Falcons versus Bengals. We're going to watch. Stop setting up these deliberate events to where people are potentially not necessarily getting hurt because of practice, but it's just it doesn't seem beneficial for players at this level to need to test their practice skills against another team that they're going to play in the preseason game already. So I'm already going to play in a preseason game. I already have my own starting lineup to practice against. I have my own NFL ones offensively and defensively. So it's not like I can't figure out how to get my offense to score against the top defense when I have one. It's not like I can't figure out if my defense can battle with a top offense because I have one. I don't need the Houston Texans to bring their guys in and the Carolina Panthers to bring their guys in for us to get in a fight, i.e. Mark Andrews body slamming the dude because that dude's trying to make a name for himself. He's trying to get a spot. Yeah, hurt you know, his rotator cuff. Hurt his rotator cuff. They said he's day-to-day, but the fact that, like, if he puts his arm down any kind of way, now what's the repercussions for Mark Andrews? Like, do you suspend him? And that's why you got a guy getting can't. suspended or slammed for practice? You can't. You can't. Because you, know, you saw Aaron Donald out here swinging helmets and didn't get Swinging trouble, helmets. So. Nothing happened. You know, they yeah. got all these brawls. And one thing about athletes, listen, I'm not going to front. They're big, strong dudes. Most of them can't fight. Just you can use it's plenty of videos of like the the offensive lineman for the Raiders getting knocked out in a Walmart. Most of them can't Dak fight. That's Prescott. why they, Dak Prescott getting molly whopped out of concert. But you know what? Cortland Finnegan would disagree with that. Yo, they was missing. <laughs> they were just throwing hate. Like even Deion Sanders and Andre Rodson, the super mm-hmm. iconic fight, they were slapping each other in the helmet. Jalen Ramsey, Ramsey would disagree with that. Jalen Ramsey can't fight either. And they can After come, got, they can see uh, me about it. What do they see, call it? The Charleston. Listen, I forgot what they call it. The Charleston choke by uh, AJ Green. Anthony Davis in the boxing ring. Y'all seen it. Y'all seen uh, what's the boy named Nate Robinson getting knocked out. Most of these guys can't. Hey, what about Frank Gore? <laughs> Frank Gore, you know, prime athletes, they can't fight. They run the ball. They're strong. They could choke the hell out of you because they're strong as hell. Most of them can't fight. So a lot of it is just you're just creating these environments to where someone's going to break a hand because they can't fight. They don't have to throw punches. Someone's going to get hurt because the NFL wants to showcase. You already got the preseason game. I don't need to joint practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, day off, and then Saturday preseason game. That's super vanilla. Well, it's like, crazy. And, too, and that's the only reason so, it's just ridiculous. This game is on Monday night, so that's even crazier. That's what I'm saying. So it's like we're already going to play. I don't need to join practice. Yeah. Just, I get that you guys want to showcase the league. I'm going to watch. But I want I don't want somebody to be rogue, some seventh-round or undrafted defensive end trying to make a name for himself, and he just rolls into Aaron Rodgers. Now, what happens? Who do you blame? Who do you look around to? Like, oh, we don't know what happened. You know what the fuck happened. You had this unnecessary during practice because you want the behind-the-scenes hard-knock footage versus the on-the-field September through February footage. That's what we care about. We'll talk about football all year. I don't need anything extra. Give me the preseason games. Give me the rookies. I'm good to go. Give me the one-on-one drill highlight passes. Stop with the joint practices because as soon as you lose Christian McCaffrey or you lose one of these rookie quarterbacks because he hits his head on the helmet because some guy's blitzing through too hard where his own team would have known to pull up, 
this random linebacker from the Raiders might not know to pull up. Now CJ Stroud's got a broken hand, can't play for six weeks. So that's all I'm saying. Cut the cap. It's not important. Get rid of joint practice. And that's what you call getting it off your chest. So now, time for more previews. You know, we've hit up the whole NFC for you all. You know, NFC East through West. Now we're going to go the opposite direction, AFC West through East. So tonight, we're going to talk about the Chiefs' kingdom, also known as the AFC West, because I can't even tell you the last time the Chiefs lost a division game. You know, it's been a while, you know, but and they they might not lose one this year, you know, it's, from where I'm sitting. I think they will lose one, but I'm just saying. You got you you, you got to lose one. Got to lose one. But it's like the I Ravens think, right now. The Ravens are 24 a game preseason winning streak God, or something like that. Record. They took you a know? knee. I saw another preseason game where it was like fourth and 11, and the other team went for it at their own 20 just to run the play, and then the other team got the ball back and kicked the field goal. So it was like. I don't think anybody. I think they just want to see if this crazy ass play works. <laughs> All right, man. So Chiefs. I think we both agree that the Chiefs are going to win the division. <laughs> I, I would, I, like I said, I would want to have a little bit more variety in the conversation around the Chiefs. But like I said, they just simply do. They do the simple stuff better, and they do it deliberately. Some teams, it seems like they're forcing themselves to do the simple stuff. Like the Chargers. The Chargers, we'll talk about it, you know, you know, it'll be third and fourth and two, and they line up in five wide. Almost every – because they're on TV all the time. People love the Chargers. People love Justin Herbert. Very humble guy. I like him. They're always on TV. But third and two is like, man, just, just line up an eye formation. And just your, your hogs versus their hogs, get this six feet and go to – and get your first down. Um – so I think the Chiefs, they just they just happen to do that. All right, it's third and seven. All right, Kelsey, run a seven-yard route. Let's let's not try to trick them. Like when Josh Allen in the playoffs last year against Miami, when it was like third and two, and they were throwing like 40-yard bombs. That's the interception. Uh so it's like they keep it simple. I know the wide receivers aren't the names we know, but most wide receivers kind of come out of nowhere based on their camaraderie with the quarterback. Because mm-hmm. most of them, a lot of them run great routes. Your top wide receivers run great routes. Everyone raves about your third or fourth wide receiver's ability to run routes. These guys have been trained in that route running, and they have route running specialists on teams. So I think Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony when healthy, they'll, they'll get open. You know, mm-hmm. Kelsey will get open. They run a lot of two and three tight end sets. Those guys get open. Yeah, you remember so I, I told just, you I like Richie James, you know, came over from the Giants. You yeah, know, that's so, going to be another weapon that a lot of people are not familiar with that Patrick Mahomes is going to probably make a household name. And he said it last week, or not last, but last season at the beginning before the first game. He's like, listen, it's going to be wide receiver by committee. He's like, I know Tyreek's gone. He's a top talent. He's like, uh, he's a guy I apologize to the fantasy owners, but it's going to be a different guy every week. And I had a, I have a coworker. He had Travis Kelsey one game. He said he, it was a Monday night game. You know, the game comes on late, so you know, old head like myself. He's like, so I went up. You know, I went to sleep early. I woke up in the morning. He said he saw something that said four touchdowns. He was like, oh, I'm good. So he got up 
And it said four touchdowns. We had like 27 total yards receiving. And he, ended up still, <laughs> he still lost. And he's like, he's like, I thought, I'll... no, he had a parlay. I think he had a parlay for like 65 yards. So when he saw the 60, he saw four touchdowns. He was like, oh, he's definitely in the bank. He's definitely, he's definitely just parlay for my 65 yards. He was like, man, he had like 27 yards receiving. But like I said, like if you even look at it, at those kind of drives where to get four touchdowns is like, I'm looking for anybody. You know, we in the red zone, I'm getting it to Kelsey. But then you have a game like Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony both scored touchdowns in the Super Bowl. Obviously, Kelsey scored the first one. So, like I said, I think that the, the marriage between coach and quarterback, coach, quarterback, and scheme, and then coach, quarterback, well, scheme, and skill players, I think that 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 buffet of, 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 of camaraderie is what keeps them ahead of well, what else. Well, what, I'm, what I think I'm interested in, you know, uh, behind the chains, if you will, you know, there was all this big debate about is the enemy calling the plays? You know, is Andy Reid calling the plays? What's going on here? Even though it's been pointed out that the enemy was the one that pointed out Philadelphia's coverage in the Super Bowl and all that. But now that Nagy's back in place, I want to see if their offense looks a little different. Like if there's some little intricate things that we could pick up on to see like, okay, maybe the enemy did have his print on it or does it look the exact same? You know, so that's something that I'm interested in. But what I'm also interested in is two things when it comes to Kansas City. I'm interested in Chris Jones and where's his money. You know what I'm saying? Because y'all don't pay him this money. Getting back to that Super Bowl is going to be that much harder. And then number two, I'm looking at the schedule. (laughs) I'm looking at the the schedule. You know, being Negro Domus. Between weeks four and 11. You know, they play at the Jetropolitans, at Minnesota, Denver, the Chargers, at Denver, Miami, bye week, Philly, and guess what, Kansas City? You cannot run. You're going to play Philadelphia on a cooking care of football field. So the truth is going to come out. So you said four through eleven. Yeah, so we we got them three and zero after three weeks. Oh yeah, Detroit, Jacksonville, Chicago. Yeah, yep, three and zero. Yep. So four and zero Jets. Yep. Five and zero Minnesota. Yep. Six and zero Denver. Uh huh. Then then LA's been playing them tough the last couple of years, but I'm gonna give it to them because I would give it to Kansas City because LA home. can't they can't close it out for some reason. They play he plays toe-to-toe with Mahomes, but they just can't close it out. But then I got them losing at mile high. That's just going to be a scheduled loss. So you got them 7-1 and one after eight weeks. And then yep. Miami, you got them losing to Miami? I'm in the air, but I'm going to call it a win. So 8-1. and one, And then they're going to lose the Philly. Going to their bye week. And they're going to lose the Philly on a real football field, not this amateur thing they played on in the Super Bowl. I'm being yeah. sarcastic, by the way, y'all. Yeah, yeah, but but they but, got but yeah, Philly they're gonna at, lose though. I think they're gonna they lose. They got though. they got Philly at home. They got so mm-hmm. you got Philly coming to Arrowhead beating them. Yeah, and prime time. Yeah. Okay. I just think I just think when you lose the Super Bowl, you have that extra. You come back with that extra. Yeah, I mean, think about it. You know who you know who won that Arrowhead last year? Cincinnati. Buffalo. Oh, Buffalo won Arrowhead? Buffalo won an Arrowhead last year. But if it you was know, in the they, playoffs, they, you wasn't going to pick it. 
<laughs> I like I like Buffalo a lot, man. I, I I like that they're good. I like that they're back good. I think people kind of like go over the top with like I like that Miami is. I like I like that people are picking Miami. I like that people are picking uh, teams like the Chargers. Mm-hmm. I I like because like I said, we'll talk about college football here in the next couple of you know episodes. You, you know who Buffalo and it's is? It's like you're only picking you're only picking like six teams. Like you went on a limb and you and you and you're very eloquent two five yesterday and you picked a lot of upsets. You got like Wisconsin winning some games. You got like you got like guys going I got Oregon State dude. beating Washington. You got South you got South Alabama getting a potential, you know, beast, New Year's you know, six uh, maybe New yeah. Year's six bowl. So like you're you're going on a limb but like I don't know how many people are on that limb with you, but in in professional well, football, five. I think people. I think people may. I think people might like the Raiders. I think people. You know. I think people like the Chargers. I think people like Buffalo. I think like. I think people like the Jets. So it it, it sets it sets the plate for the the whole worst of first part that we like, and that's why it's hard to keep picking Kansas City because it's like at some point someone else has to go twelve and five. Right, and they got to right, go eleven right. and six. It just it just. You would think that has to happen, considering that, and it could the, be this year with that schedule. The glue that we, the glue that we, we, the 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 validation and the justification we all use as you know prognosticators of their success is they have Reed, Mahomes, Kelsey, culture. You know, a hamstring here or just an off day tip balls a windy day you can't throw the ball 40 times you gotta run it 25 times a rainy day where you just can't run it or just a day where like somebody else can't hold on to the ball right. you know you got you got you know some some random a punt returner just fumbles right. a ball or bobble you know so like you're down 10-0 early in the game to the chargers or a game like philly or something like that or like even like new england just out of for no reason no no fault of your own just because things the ball just bounces one way or the other. So you, you you want to just not keep picking Kansas City every year. But I'm not gonna be one of these people who is just like, oh, this is definitely the year because of a flaw that Kansas City has. It's just a matter, it's just, just the nature well, the problem of is, something has to be different, you know. Because well, the problem the problem is is that Buffalo is Toronto running into that one dude that they just can't get over the hump with. You know, you got Giannis over in Cincinnati just biding time so he can take over. And then you got him. And just leapfrog Toronto. Yeah. And, he gets and, then, into yeah. Yeah, you. And, and, and then you got Embiid over in L.A., you know, who like we're looking at Justin Herbert like, I see the talent. I see the vision. I see why you throw it 6,000 times in a season. But can, can you get that one first down after having a 28-point lead? In the, or 27 point lead in the first half. Can you can you can you just get that one first down to let Jacksonville know like you got a little bit of momentum, but it stops here. And that's what I'm waiting on the Chargers to do. But every time I turn around and I look at the Chargers, they're hurt. You know, Keenan Allen, I feel like misses five games every year. They played Mike Williams in a game that didn't matter because their seed was already locked last year. So he got injured, which took away a weapon in that playoff game. Then you got Austin Eckler, who's a touchdown machine. You know, he catches them, he runs them, and they just won't give him the ball because you got to give all they'll the glory. Throw him the ball. They'll yeah, they'll throw him the ball, but they won't just give him the ball. You know, and now it's like they bring, 60 passes a year. And now they bring Kellen Moore in, 
you know, from Dallas as the offensive coordinator. And I just don't know if that's an upgrade over what they had before because, like, Kellen Moore has all this, like, uh, what's the word? Uh, Cooper Rush got Kellen Moore hired. Well, well, you know, last year we were when we were talking about hot seats and coaching vacancies, I said something along the lines of, like, yo, I really like Mike Kafka. And you were like, yo, what the hell Mike Kafka did? You know what I mean? So when I look at Kellen Moore, I'm like, yeah, you were in Dallas, but I feel like Dallas was just talented and you benefited because you were the person on the sideline. Cooper Rush got Kellen Moore hired because of the stretch when he played when Dak was out. Because Dak didn't play great. Overall, at the end of the year, I think Dallas had like the number four ranked offense. But you can use any kind of metric, you know, like like we talk about this, you know, military terms with EPR bullets. I remember writing bullets and they would use they would use the 12 hour fix rate when that was good. They would use that number and then they would use the fully mission capable rate of our 32 airplanes we had is like they would use that. But something else would be bad. But it was like, oh, if our home station fixed rate was bad, our on-the-road fixed rate was good, so we would use that number to support right, the bullet. Right. So I think when it comes to the offense, it's like, okay, was the offense good or did you score a lot of points and throw it a lot? And then they did they value yards and points over efficiency? Like, is there right. an efficiency rating or was it just, oh, Dallas had 5,000 yards passing and – 35 40 touchdowns is that why they were you know so it's just it just depends on what you use to determine because we keep talking about Dax interceptions so is it where is interceptions because they happen on offense too so was Kellen Moore calling too many plays was he throwing 45 passes a game was that too often should he cut it down at 35 passes and with Justin Herbert already throwing the ball a lot and then Colin Kellen Moore coming off of an offense coordinator season where his starting quarterback through the most interceptions in the league. While it's missing like, five games. While missing five games. It's like, <laughs> so it's Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert's arm is probably way more impressive as far as can NFL. Like to me, mm-hmm. as a regular human, you could throw the ball 60 yards in a tight spiral. I'm impressed because I can't do that. But in the NFL game, if you're looking at the nuances of between one, you know, 61 yards and 67 yards, if you got a guy that's throwing the ball 65, 66 yards on the field, that's substantially better. But I think what Dak does throwing the ball is, I think he's a great, I think he's a good quarterback. Mm-hmm. You look at Justin Herbert flinging that ball with his six foot five wide receivers out there. You're not going to call a lot of plays for Austin Eckler. And on top of that, Austin Eckler, like they tell they didn't care about him. They only gave him like a $2 million bump. Right, in space. so I could just see them kind of lulling themselves back into this thing where Justin Herbert's throwing 45 to 50 passes a game. Well, well you know what I gotta do, right? You gotta be two five. I gotta look at the schedule. So, so look at those last three games for the Chargers. Let's see what I got. I'm, about to, I'm pulling it up right now. Stand by you know, week 16 through 18, and then I'm gonna go back to the front of the schedule. But I just want to focus on those last three because if there's playoff spots and seeding on the line, those are some real dicey games to close out the season with. 16, got Buffalo, Denver, Kansas City. Buffalo at Denver, Kansas City. You can go back to 14 because you have division, division, Buffalo, division, division. So if you're six division games, you're playing four of them. 
in the yeah. last six weeks of the season. Yeah, that and then on top tough. of that, and then on top of that, I go that's back. That's one of the tiebreakers. And then on top of that, I go back to weeks four and five where they got Dallas and Kansas City back-to-back. You know what I mean? And then I go to weeks nine and ten where they got the Jetropolitans and the Trois back-to-back. So their schedule has a lot of, like, landmines in it. You know what I mean? Yo, so they got they got the Raiders week four, so that's their first first division game. They got to buy then Dallas, Kansas City. How many primetime games? Because that I think a lot of those teams, what happens is they want them in primetime games and they want them early. Because the no, first I know, few but, weeks, but, they give you, they, they'll give you whatever. They'll give you Jacksonville versus Atlanta in the beginning of the season on a primetime game because they know we're going to watch no matter what. But you got primetime game against Dallas. You got Then you got Kansas City the following week. Then you got a primetime game against Chicago. Then you got a primetime game against the Jets. Go down a couple more weeks, week 12. You got another primetime game against Baltimore. Another one against the Raiders. And another one against Buffalo. So they got like seven primetime games. Well, see, Plus this, their last game of the season is Kansas City, which is probably going to be. So so this is my problem with them because, like, you know, the 2-5 in me wanted to sit down and be like, hey, let's be bold with it. Just pick the Chargers. But then as I looked at it, it's not so much who they play, because like we always say, they're in the same division, so they play the same teams. But it's about the order and how the games line up, you know, like that has to be factored in. So so like when you're looking at Dallas and Kansas City that way, does Chicago sneak up on them? You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, I'm going to say no. Like, they'll probably beat Chicago. But I'm just saying, those are the type of games that in a normal year. You have year, two, inti- two intense weeks back-to-back. Maybe right. go 1-1, one one, maybe go 0-2. Oh if you go 0-2, oh I think you'll beat Chicago because you won't slip. Right. If you, you go 2-0. Oh, yeah. But if you go 2-0, oh, you'll slip up to Chicago. And, and that's what I'm saying. Like, so the way that their schedule sets up, there's a lot of trap in there. You know, like, even the Raiders, because, I mean, the Raiders are a division opponent. But the Raiders could sneak up on them right before they play Buffalo. You know, yeah, because Jimmy Garoppolo and Hunter Renfro can keep connecting on third and six, keep drives going in, and they can bring Jacobs into the fold. Yeah, I can see that. But happen. see, but see, and that's where I think the Baltimore game is important. You know, for Late the Chargers. Week yeah, I think that game is important because I think of those two teams as kind of on the same level. So when you start getting into tiebreakers, now remember. Last season, um, they they were fighting over the five and six seed, you know, those two teams. And that's why that's why L.A. didn't need to play Mike Williams against Denver because Baltimore had lost already and they locked themselves into the five. So so like these weren't teams that were the third and fourth season. They won their division and was secure or whatever. Like so I think that game is going to be very important, you know, um, and also. Back to my point about injuries, Keenan Allen hasn't played a full season since 2019. So, you know, so everybody tells me how talented L.A. is, and they are. But it doesn't matter if they're not playing. Yeah, you can't be talented in a sweatsuit. Yeah, it's like, yo, like I call Anthony Davis, right? All infirmary team. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, we're gonna stop the Anthony Davis slander because he's played more games than a lot of these superstars over the last few years. I saw well, that. Well, 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 Pete, he's well, he's not playing, he's not playing. Well, 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 so. well yeah. Keenan Allen is going to be in the Kawhi wing here shortly. How about that? You know, um, uh, so yeah, so the they, same city, 
Man, so you got the Chargers there, you know what I mean? Uh, they did pick up Eddie Kendricks. You know, we talked about Minnesota losing him. So he's a good veteran presence to put in the locker room because I've noticed, you know, uh, Khalil Mack is – he should be talked of the way that we speak of Aaron Donald, but he, he kind of has that I play when I want to mentality. Like, he just disappears at times, it seems, and it's not because – the other team schemed him out. Like it just looks like he just doesn't always give that type of effort. You know, I so think, I think I think he gets he gets a lot of chips, he gets a lot of double teams. I think they play him out in space a lot because of his athleticism. I seen it against Atlanta when he came out and ripped the ball out of Drake London's hand. What I think is that these guys they like I said, I play Madden. You know, you line up against Madden and then underneath the feet of these players, they have like little emblems and icons and it's like stars and like all these other little things. So I was playing a guy who was playing with the Chargers the other day and it was Bosa, Mac, Derwin James. I think one of the linebackers and somebody else all had like these little stars under their feet. And as I'm playing, I'm like, why aren't these guys better in real life? And well, that's what I was just about to like bring that. up. Baltimore is yeah. the same way. It's like, but it, you like you said, it's injuries. Bolsa misses were... a lot of time. Mac ends up getting double teamed, and that I'm not sure Derwin James misses time. Well, especially when Staley comes in with the defensive reputation, you know, like like uh, that team should not be 28th against the run. You know, this team should not be top 10 in points allowed. And not in the positive way, like giving up the least points, giving up the most points. I love when people you, say that. Like, is it is it bottom? Are we bottom ten? I know. Like, I, I confuse like, myself every time I say it. I look at it like this. Hey, CBS Sports, NFL.com, ESPN is what we're going to do. We're going to rank stats from positive to negative. So if you give up the most points, you are 32 in points. All You're right. not so, top so, 10 in most so they, points so given were, up. Like, so they were number 22 in points given there up. There we go. So like you that's the easiest way to figure it you out because it's like top two in points or top 10 in points. So like, oh, nah, nah, nah. They're not, the, they're think, not the 2001 Ravens. They are the 2000 every single year Falcons. And you would think, and you would think that points. Herbert, and you would think that Herbert would have more than 25 touchdowns. You know, with I heard that stat a couple weeks ago too. I was listening to the eye couple. Shout out Chris Broussard and uh, Rob. You would think that he thrown for five thousand yards as much as he throws. He didn't even yeah, throw I, for forty. He didn't even I throw for forty eight hundred. More than twenty five touchdowns. I was when I heard no. that I was like, because I, I watched. Yeah, you were like somebody misspoke, huh? <laughs> I was because I think it was on first things first because it was Broussard and um uh what they because they were talking Nick, about his contract. Nick Wright. Nick Wright. So they were talking yeah. about his contract. And then, you know, Nick Wright loves to do these blind reveals. And he was like, who are these three quarterbacks? And then Kevin Wiles was like, listen, I already know. I saw the I saw the notes earlier. And he's like, it's all Justin Herbert. But like the third one, when he said it was like 25 touchdowns, maybe 11 picks or seven picks or something, somewhere around that in that range. I was like, only 25 touchdowns. I think Marcus Mariota had like 20, 22. And I thought that was like underperforming. So it just... It's just a weird dynamic with Staley. And like I said, we'll get into that, the hot seat stuff. But the team is too talented for us to us being most of the pundits and people who talk about, you know, who prognosticate who's going to win a division to just outright be picking Kansas City. It shouldn't be that clear cut that you and I are like, I got Kansas City. And if we put on any anything outside of L.A., 
most people will say the same thing. And if they say it's not Kansas City, they don't say it's not Kansas City because we think the Chargers are going to be better. We say, like, they can't just keep winning. Like, it's just time. Record, yeah, Patrick right. Mahomes' record against the West <laughs> is 27-3. and three. He's played 30 games, and he's won 27 times against the AFC West in his career. So it's like it, – The it, SEC, it, they are not – And, you know, so, like, look at that Denver. You know what I mean? Like, um, Denver, all I got to say about Denver is that they want us to believe. If they want us to believe. They better start 2-0. They better not lose either one of those opening games if we, they want us to believe and take them seriously. Because, you know, we talk about it. If they averaged like 19 points or something, whatever it was, they would have been 11-6 or 12-5 and five last year. They would have been in yeah, the Yeah, it was something. Yeah. That, Nathaniel Hackett still have his job and Sean Payton would still be on right. Fox just saying random stuff. So, so forget – so forget how you feel about Sean Payton one way or the other. I, you know, I feel like he's a little overrated. Like, I think he is a good coach, but I feel like he's a little overrated. But with that being said. A little. But, but That's like, like saying <laughs> the Statue of Liberty is kind of small. But with that being said, but with that being said, you know, I feel like Denver just needed somebody other than Hackett in there, some kind of competence, and they'll be better just off of that alone. It, it didn't even have to be somebody like Sean Payton. But with that being said, they better win these first two games against the Raiders and the Commanders, like if they want us to take them seriously. And then weeks five through 11, you know, Jets at Earlhead, Green Bay, home for Kansas City, bye at Buffalo, Minnesota. You know, like AFC West has a tough schedule. They are playing a tough schedule. They're playing the NFC North. And then they're playing, looks like, the AFC East. Yeah, so they got to go four and two in that stretch. That's a tough tough eight games. Yeah, they got to go four and two right there, and then they got to win those opening games. So you're already starting with a six and two buffer. You know what I mean? Oh, you're saying they got to start six and two, they got to start four and two? No, no, I'm saying, like, like just combining the games that I just mentioned. Like, they got to go four and two in that stretch, you know, like, to make noise. So if they can get out of that, that, if they could get, I'm just, hold on, hold on. If they could go four and two in that stretch, beat Washington and Las Vegas. I keep wanting to say Oakland. That's why I keep pausing. Um, that, that's, that gets you a six and two range to where the rest, and they got Chicago in there. You know what I mean? Where we talked about this. I asked if Chicago could beat them. I think Chicago can beat them, but we both picked Denver to beat them. So, so seven and two, you know, just before you include any other game on their schedule. Now they got to play the Chargers twice. You know, can they beat the Chargers once? I, I don't know if I can see them getting the seven wins. Atlanta's see, that's, defense is awful. That's what I'm saying. But their defense is good enough to do it. But what is their offense going to look like? Because Latavius Murray is gone. Javante Williams is supposed to be back, hopefully, you know, to start the season for the running backs. You know, uh, they, they got Marvin Mims out of Oklahoma, who I love, ran that 4-3-8, but I also saw John Ross run really run fast. Run 4-2-2, they ran right out of the lead. <laughs> yeah, so we, got it. so we got to get there. But here's one for you. You ready for this one? I'm so the other night we were talking offline, and I said something along the lines of, I think, I don't, I think Russell Wilson is more not washed than he is washed. 
but he's definitely headed for the decline. Or as yeah. Max Keller, as Max Kellerman would say, he's headed for the cliff. Off to off the cliff, you know? yeah. Yeah, but this is this is what I pulled up. And this is from uh let me give him his credit. I know his last name is Schwab from Yahoo. I can't find his first name in my notes, but I'll get back to it later. But among 384 quarterbacks with at least 300 passing attempts in a season since 2012. So this is going back to 2012. Russell Wilson's passing success rate last season ranked 374th out of that 384 sample. What is passing success rate? Like hitting the wide receiver's hands? It's completions, it's, yards. It's, yes. like, it's, it's passes is passes that you throw that should be completed or in a window of completion. I hate that stat. You know, I hate analytics. I know, but but it, like I mean, I'm pretty. It, it does, it does, but it does match what we saw on those games right, when we saw right. them in prime time. It does match that. I just, I just think that like just looking at his normal completion percentage and yards per game is enough. Like That's I don't know enough. why. That's good <laughs> enough to say like, oh, this dude didn't throw the ball well. We don't, we don't need the Daryl Morey this thing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, you I know don't. Daryl Morey's a liar anyway. Yeah, I don't need I don't need the Harvard mathematical equations to be like, oh yeah, Zach Wilson missed a lot of easy passes. Like I don't need it All to right. sound better than it is. All right, well here's here's a more traditional question for you. <laughs> I got it. What was Denver's points per game last year that they scored? Uh, if I had to guess, I'm gonna go like 17 7. 16.9. That's pretty close. You know what I mean? No, and so, close. so, that's close. so they, so that's what I'm saying. They were that close to the playoffs. So it's not that far fetched to me to think that they could finish ahead of the Chargers. But I think the, I think the Sean Payton addition to Denver puts, a, I don't want to say a pressure on. Oh, it definitely does. It definitely does. But there, there, there's going to be a stretch to where, okay, Vegas and their like they're home for Vegas. Vegas runs the ball well. If they, they play, got their running back, if they have their running back, which you know somebody got to smooth that over. You know, there's they one run running the back well. that's holding the line. He's holding it down for everybody else. Their front seven is pretty solid. Their two ends between Chandler Jones and Max Crosby get to the quarterback. Russell Wilson has not looked comfortable wearing three in that blue and orange since last year. So a couple of drives to where you you get to him. Drive ends. Pressure bills in game one. You're home. People were they were booing those fans. Those fans were booing last year. Sean Payton, expectations, $20 million. I think it's just a lot of extenuating circumstances that could allow people not to really just look at the game as a game. Like, listen, okay, that's one drive. I think one drive or one bad game can be exacerbated throughout the entire week of if they start, if they happen to start out 0 2, just think about that. They lose to Vegas, the Raiders, and the Commanders week one and two. I'm not sure what the Commanders are going to look like, but I know the defensive front is stout. You know, so it was like with Allen and uh, what's what's the, boy, the guy Chase with the Young. edge, Chase Young. Um, you, we, we know their secondary you know, is Deron Payne. Deron Payne. So 
though that's a difference. Chris Jones made a difference in the if Chris Jones would have got the sack on Joe Burrow in the AFC championship game the year that Cincinnati won at Arrowhead, that changed the whole complex of the game because he got through. He just couldn't bring him to the ground. So having a guy who's able to make that play, because you saw it with Aaron Aaron Donald in the Super Bowl when he got through because P. Ryan was open for uh Burrow and Jamar Chase was open deep. But if Aaron Donald doesn't get through, Burrow sees Jamar Chase because I know he's looking for him. Right. And he was wide open. But having someone who can make that play makes all the difference. So you, you have a team. Yeah, could you imagine Justin them. Herbert or Josh Allen if Burrow would have won that Super Bowl? <laughs> all he, with, with them, they would have been like, yo, I need to get $275 because Joe Burrow is getting 285 <laughs> So they were going to bump it up because Joe Burrow was going to ask for a big number. So I like Denver. I, I think it's good. I think it's good for TV because they play out West. I think that second time slide is going to be good because, you know, like I said, sometimes you lose me in football if the Falcons lose poorly early on. Like I might tune out football. I'm not going front. But with Denver, I'm excited. I'm a big fan of Russ. He's from Virginia. You know, I mean, shout out VA 757804, you know, all that. I'm not a big fan of Sean Payton. I think he's. You know, I, I feel like a lot of coaches are kind of, you know, sitting on the back of players with, you know, big wings. I think he kind of rolled the wings of dynamic players like Drew Brees and Deuce McAllister and Reggie you Bush. Know, Colston. You know, Marcus Colston. Because, like, he had a bunch of years where they should have done better and they went 5-11 and 11 a couple years in a row. You know, with Drew Brees, Hall of Fame quarterback, throwing the ball at ninety thousand yards. Well, just like well, just like Rob Parker said, and just like you told me, I mean, he's he's Mike McCarthy with a better haircut and more personality. More personality. He's literally a slim, more personable. Uh, and he's from the he's from the 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 Bill Parcells tree. So asshole tree. It gives him this 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 cachet. But you know, Bill Belichick's an asshole, but his his cachet doesn't doesn't extend because I don't think people I don't know if coaches really rock with Belichick as much as the players do. But when you hear Belichick talking in the offseason, yo, he I think he really loves football. I think just during the year when you're around all these people, he's just about his business. So I think it comes off as abrasive and harsh. And I think Parcells is one of those big tuna. He had the nickname, big personality. Abrasive on the sideline, personable in the interview. I think that's the same thing Sean Payton kind of took from that. Matt Patricia and Josh McDaniels, they try to take that whole the tough the, guy, you know, that, that tough guy demonstrative personality from Bill Belichick and put it on their teams. Like, no, dog, you suck. You're not a good coach. Like, right. you're bad at coaching football. You can't do that. But Sean Payton was a good football coach. I just don't think he – I don't think he's $20 million good. Mm-hmm. So, so – I think that's that's gonna be the thing, and we, better, I guess we're all obviously picking the Raiders to, to finish. Last yeah, season. yeah, better record this season. Raiders or Bears? Because in case you didn't notice, I'm looking at the schedule. You know, what I'm saying so at Denver, at Buffalo, Pittsburgh, at LA, and then weeks eleven through sixteen. At Miami, Kansas City, bye week, Minnesota, Chargers at Arrowhead. 
somebody don't like the Raiders. Like whatever Al Davis did, they, they, the Raiders still getting punished for that. I mean, they got six. They went six and eleven last year. Yeah, but that was with uh, the league leading rusher who is holding out right now. <laughs> yeah, but he, you can only get, you can only hold out till week eleven. You know, and you know, but I do like some things. Like so, so the problem with the Raiders is, is that if you're relying on a quarterback like Jimmy G, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but if you're relying on a quarterback like Jimmy G. You got to have a Von Miller on your defense and all that kind of stuff. So they got Max Crosby, like you mentioned. They got Chandler Jones. Jones. But then there's like a whole lot of nothing after that. You know, um, I like this rookie that they picked up, but he is a rookie. You know, Jacorian Bennett, you know, um, from Maryland. You know, that's not why I like him. Just saying that's where he went to school. But Maryland you know, had the fastest cornerbacks at the combine last that's year. That's what I'm saying. They got one of them. So, you know, so there you Sometimes go. Sometimes speed can make up for technique. Yeah, so so you know, um, he didn't allow a touchdown in college last year, and here's another one of those stats that Mister Logical doesn't like. You know, yeah, he laid on me. Laid on me. He allowed a forty-seven and a half passer rating against his coverage. That's a good stat. Okay. I like that stat. That that okay. actually shows, like, hey, they threw the ball over here this many times, and his. But if it was like, oh. This many quality passes were deflected. I don't care about that. <laughs> but also, if you're going to have a quarterback, how many like, passes did this dude catch over here? No touchdowns, and and every time they threw them here, the pass rating was low. Okay, that means he's doing his job. If you're going to have a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo or Jimmy Gabargelo, as I used to call him, you know, if you're going to have a quarterback like that, you also should have a uh, Darren Waller, maybe. <laughs> Trade him because he didn't invite him to the, to the wedding. You know, but 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 we're just at this point of like, if you're going to bring like, so this is the thing with the NFL team, right? Like quarterbacks are different. They bring different skills. They have different weaknesses, so on and so forth. You know, like when you bring it in Jimmy G, you can't give him whatever they got at receiver besides Devontae Adams and act like Aaron Rodgers just walked through the door. First of all, I think the Jimmy G slander is getting a little outrageous because it is it what it like is. Sanford's like Cal Shanahan's record without Jimmy G is way below 500. It is not even, it's not even close. So the same wide receivers that Jimmy Garoppolo had, and the same tight end, and the same running backs, and the same offensive genius scheme that Jimmy Garoppolo had, and then you put in. CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins and Trey Lance <laughs> and Brock Purdy, all these other guys, and their record is still below 500. Hey, with hey, Jimmy G, it ain't because of Brock it. Purdy. Well, if it if it ain't because of Brock Purdy <laughs> or whoever else, it the, the record below 500 isn't because of Jimmy Garoppolo because it isn't below 500. Is, all I'm saying is, if you bringing me Mahomes, you bringing me Herbert. I gotta come if, better than Garoppolo. That's all I'm saying. If you go, if you're a team, if the Broncos had Jimmy Garoppolo last year, they would have gone eleven and six. Even with I mean, him right at the back of the end zone in the well, game I mean, against the Broncos, there's also there's also his injury Jimmy Garoppolo. That I mean, that's all on him. But as far as like when he's on the field, he like quarterback yeah, remember, wins. Remember quarterback the Super Bowl? wins. He missed. He missed one throw. Everything else is normal. 
he missed Ew, one that's throw. That sounded so Skip Bayless right there. <laughs> yeah. He missed he missed one throw. Yes, and it happens to everybody. But Mahomes threw a late interception. You just got to get an opportunity to come back from that. Kyle Shanahan coached in the Super Bowl that had the greatest collapse in the history of the world. It was like the Ming Dynasty and then the <laughs> the Falcons Patriots Super Bowl. Those are the two greatest collapses in world history. Well, at least he wasn't the head coach. <laughs> Either way, he was calling the plays. He should have been like, you know what? The last time I was in this position, I was up a possession in the Super Bowl that my team offensively was losing their tread. I didn't go to running the ball. And it cost me a Super Bowl. And it cost Matt Ryan possibly a trip to the Hall of Fame. Let's keep it a buck. That's deep. But instead of him being like, Oh, let me just run it. He then relies on Jimmy G, a dude he was trying to replace for the entire time he has been there. From the, every single time he got injured, he was ready to replace Jimmy G. But what was happening, he was putting these other guys in the game, and they couldn't win games. So Jimmy G is not the problem. I think Josh McDaniels and his I am Billitech Jr. kind of attitude may cause a problem. No, I but think maybe they Jimmy have a relationship G. from they have a relationship from Massachusetts that, that made it to Nevada, then I think they're good to go. I think that Jimmy that, G has a lot of I think Jimmy G has a lot of Alex Smith in him from the standpoint of you know, yes, he will win you games. You know, you'll go into the playoffs with a nice record, you know, 11 wins, 12 wins. But there's always going to come a game or a moment that you realize that you brought a knife to a gunfight. But if you think about like, that's not – but I don't know if that's a, a byproduct of that individual player or who you come up against. Because if you we – talk, we talked about this when we talked about our NFC West preview. If Jarkowski Tart catches that interception, then San Francisco's going up 10. Like they're going back the other way with the ball late in the fourth quarter because Matthew Stafford inexplicably threw up a Hellberry in the middle of the fourth quarter. So that would have given Jimmy G a win. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about, like I said, if you think about the other guys that have been there, Alex Smith, having a guy play like Alex Smith before Patrick Mahomes started, they were in the playoffs. Patrick Mahomes started the last week of the season because Kansas City already clinched with Alex Smith at QB. They had some talent. They have Tyreek Hill. They had Travis Kelsey. But it wasn't like they were like world beaters. Mm -hmm. But Alex Smith got them into the playoffs. There's nothing wrong with having a quarterback that gets you into scoring position, gets you into the right play, every single play. That's what you want. It's great to have a guy like Josh Allen with a cannon. It's great to have a guy like Justin Herbert can throw the ball over the place. It's great to have a guy like Jalen Hurts that can run and is super dynamic. It's great to have this super athletic guy like Lamar Jackson. But ultimately, all you really need is a quarterback that's going to get you into scoring position four to five times per game. Two or three touchdowns, a couple of field goals. Gets you anywhere between... 21 and 26 points. If you can get me there, we should win nine and ten of our games. Well, the problem, the problem is, the, is that, the, the problem is the Raiders are going to be giving up more than that. 
you know, and if Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, does continue the injury thing, you know, you know who them backups are. Is it not Peterman? He's gone, right? No, he's in Chicago. Trey Lance right up the street. They can call. Yeah, so the backups are Brian Hoyer. Not bad. That's not a, that's that. a New England backup. That's a guy that can get you two or three games. Yeah, but he's like our age now. And then uh, Aiden O'Connell, the rookie out of Purdue. So, so you know, so the Raiders, I think the Raiders are just a team that's just not – they're just not built to compete right now. You know what I mean? Irregardless of how I feel about Jimmy G, they're not built to compete right now. They're still another two or three years away and probably another – ready? Head coach away, you know. So, it's that time of year, you know, me and Mr. Rutley get up in here and we start talking about coaches on the hot seat because, you know, there's always some rumbling, especially, you know. Always a coach in the hot seat. There's always, always, some, of, some of them are fall guys and some of them got to go. Yeah. So, speaking of which, let's go Want off. East to West? Well, well, before we do anything, I just want to go off kilter for, for a second. What does it take for Art Smith to get fired this year? In Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, they got to go like 3 or 14. No, because... Any, I mean, anything, anything close to mediocre, because right now his record is 14 and 20. It's a 41% win percentage. If he's anywhere near there, but... Desmond Ritter looks good. A couple of rookies look good. A couple of free agent signings that are going to be here for a couple of years look good. Like a guy like, well, Holland signed like a one-year deal, but like Jesse Bates signed a long-term deal. Okuda, if he comes back. So like some of the, if some of the people that they, they we made moves for look good and we just happen to go seven and 10 and the saints, the saints going to tear and like, they really pull it together and the Saints go 12 and 5 and lose both games to the Saints. You know, like a couple of those situations where I think he's I think he's safe. If he goes seven and ten, he's safe. But if he goes like three and fourteen, people are gonna be calling for his head. But Arthur Blank doesn't fire coaches. Right. It has to like the bottom has to fall out. But I I'd put him on a hot seat simply because this is a winnable division. And you've had two years to figure out what works and what doesn't work and me as a fan looking at i know exactly what doesn't work <laughs> i've seen it i've i've seen i've seen because i watched all their games last year and i saw like this does not work i do not recall realistically a drive where they went five wide hurry up four wide with a running back in the backfield, two minute. Like I didn't see a single formation where the wide receivers are spread out and the quarterback was making these reads. It just was a lot of very conservative, very tight. Well, very I, think, predictable. I think part of that was who they had at quarterback. It's, but even with that, even if I only want you to throw the check down to the running back, spread them out and throw the check down. You can still throw it. You can still throw the check down. The problem was they would get tight, and then everyone on the defense would get tight. Yeah. They ran, they ran that play action. Like I, I talked about this before, Drake London and Kyle Pitts were getting blasted 
Zacchaeus would run like this little, he'd go on motion, and then he'd do like this loop back to Mario the strong side. So like it was like an RPO where he can hit him in the flat or he can hit Drake London coming on the slant this side. And if they ran that same action from the other side, Cal Pitts would come off. The free safeties and strong safeties started coming in the box <coughs> and started just laying the wood on our rookie wide receiver and our number four overall pick tight end who's super dynamic. It's like, dog, that's not working. So, but like I said, that's just my personal because I like I viewed it, but I remember watching like I need you like even Tom Brady at like six, 67 years old was out there going five wide <laughs> in the two minute drill. It just was like it just didn't seem as if the the player it didn't seem as if the quarterback on the field and the coach on the sideline were in concert and able to flip the switch to from the conventional game plan to a contingency plan. Justin Herbert can do it. Joe Burrow can do it. Lamar Jackson can do it. Uh, just Josh Allen can do it. Jalen Hurts can do it. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes can do it. There's certain quarterbacks that just the the coach. Obviously, Tom Brady can do it. Aaron Rodgers, when he when he actually he, after he earned the freedom through Matt Lafleur, he could do it to where it was like, all right, I know it's four minutes left in the second quarter, but we're gonna go hurry up here because I like that they're in nickel and. I got a pass catcher running back that I'm going I'm to I'm put in the slot. You know, whatever, like, so it just was like that relationship. And Marcus Moriota isn't that kind of quarterback. And Arthur Smith didn't have that kind of, like, play design. So it just was real vanilla all the time. And it just – it would just fall apart because defensive coordinators are like, oh, so this is all you're going to give me? This is the look you're going to give me? All right, cool. Let's just, let's just crash down on your guard who's a rookie. Right. And see if he can block. And it never worked. All right. So let's start with the NFC East and work our way around. You know, so, of course, you know, I feel like the, the coach of the Dallas Cowboys, no matter who it is, is it's always, always on the hot seat. seat. Yeah. Like, so I don't even know if that's even worth getting into. But if, I think, I'm going guess... to say I'm gonna say no. I'm going to say he's on the public hot seat, but I don't think he's on the I don't think inside the building is on the hot seat. Well, well, I think it just depends on the record. Because like I like I told you before we started previewing, like if Dallas doesn't get to the NFC championship this year, he'll or be there to next the Super Bowl year. this year. No, 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 no. I'm not saying that he will or won't. I'm just saying that if it doesn't happen this particular year, I don't know when it's gonna happen. So just from that standpoint of I think it would take for Dallas to go, say, if Dallas were to go. Eight nine or nine and eight. Then I McCart think you might McCarthy hear, stays. You might hear some He's, real conversation. You'll hear conversation from the people in our sports group. You'll hear from Fox Sports One. You'll hear from ESPN. You won't hear from Jerry Jones or Stephen Jones because I'm pretty sure it is known around the league that if you coach in Dallas, I'm pretty sure Jason Garrett has made it clear to people and circles <laughs> that. You, Jimmy Johnson, a Hall of Fame coach, got fired. But think about that. You have a Hall of Fame coach, Jimmy Bowls. Johnson, two Super Bowls. He's probably, we'll call it what, maybe he's a handful of years older than Bill Belichick or Pete Carroll. Mm -hmm. So he probably he probably could have coached through, he probably could have coached you those like those mid-90s teams or what, 95, 96, that range when they won yeah. when Switzer won it. 
So he probably could have coached you up to like 2004 to, to six, somewhere in that range, 12 more years. Yeah. Mid 50s, you know. That That's potentially a lot of success with a guy because Dallas always had a good team. They always get good free agents. I think Jerry Jones takes care of his players with the money. So if you would have had a competent coach that could really run the show, I think Dallas would have been good for years because they went 12 and five the last two years. I guarantee you every team of the other 32 teams, the other 31 teams, would take – I'd take 12 and 5. If Arthur Smith was 24 and 10 over the last two years, oh, man, I'd have an Arthur Smith T-shirt on right now saying next year is going to be the year. But yeah. with Dallas is like, oh, because they keep thinking about the Switzer-Johnson years, like, no, that's not going to happen. But yeah, they're not going to fire McCarthy because McCarthy – is I don't know if he's viewed as well. I just as combative with Jerry Jones. Well, I just so think, well, I mean, like he in. started their whole relationship started with him spending the night at Jerry's house. But like you know, I don't know. Talking like, about all this film that he didn't watch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring, but bringing in Brandon Cooks, bringing in Brandon Cooks and and Gil, <laughs> Stephon Gilmore. You know, I'm not saying that there's a certain pressure there. But I just think that anything lower than 10 wins just isn't acceptable this year. Um, I'm not saying that he'll get fired, but I think he will come into 2024 maybe on the hot seat, more or less. But that's the thing. He came into his first season on the hot seat. Well, no, that goes, that, that goes Jerry, back to I what you said. That goes back to Jerry what you Jones said. It was, public, it was public hot seat. It wasn't for real hot seat. If they yeah, win less you, than 10 games this get? year, it's going to be for real hot seat. I'm going to say no simply because I think it'll be simply public hot seat because Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones is the show. He can talk all he wants about one. Jerry if Jones he wanted to win a Super Bowl, okay, <laughs> if, he, if, he, if, if they really wanted to win a Super Bowl, realistically, like if you had a friend that told you, man, I really wish I could quit drinking. You're like, all right, man, cool. Like, you know, so what are you doing this weekend? Oh, I'm going to Vegas. With my boys, this is a bachelor party. Like, oh, you told me you wanted to go drinking. Yeah, but, you know, I got to go to Vegas my boys' bachelor party. If you were really concerned about winning football games, they would have hired people to take those positions. Team president, GM, director of player personnel, VP, all these other positions would have been filled by impartial football people who wouldn't have given, you know, people talk about the running back contract people who wouldn't have give, given Zeke that deal that early. Because not only was he not coming off like great performances, he was coming off like off-the-field BS too. Right. So an impartial person who didn't draft him would have been like, listen, this guy's under contract for X amount of years. The dirt that he's already dealing with, he's not going to get picked up by anybody else. We have all the leverage here. Uh, Jalen Smith, the corner, the linebacker that got hurt out of Notre Dame, that was a good draft pick, but they paid him a lot early. You know, they would someone they would have paid Dak earlier because Dak they could have had Dak on the contract for twenty eight million after mm -hmm. Kirk Cousins got his deal, but they didn't. And so after he gets injured, then you got to sign him the forty million dollar deal because you didn't have you didn't have a backup plan because you let your emotions dictate. Whereas somebody else would have been like, well, let's move Dak. You know, so that kind of thing. So if you're telling me you want to be a championship contender. They just they need Stephen Jones and Jerry Jones gotta get out of the way. Hey, and you know you did you way. did tell me a few days ago uh to watch out for Kyler Berry to Dallas. 
but that's that's the thing. You have to be if I I'm put my resume. If I would got if I get hired in Dallas, like if I put my resume in there, like hey, you could be the new GM, Raphael Brother, congratulations, let's do the press conference. I'm entertaining it simply because Kyler Murray's already goes on the extension that's less than what everybody else is getting. Dak's extension is going to be after Joe Burrow gets his, Patrick Mahomes restructures his, maybe after Joe Burrow because they're kind of like pseudo rivals at this point. And maybe they both give them team-friendly deals. But that's still going to get – that's still going to be close to $50 million a year. Mm-hmm. Now, do you want to go 12-5, and 12-5 with Dak, Cooper Rush, Mike McCarthy, and then turn right around and then give Dak – 45 or 47 million dollars because you know he's not going to take a hometown discount because the way you jerked him around on the original mm-hmm. his original extension so you know he's not going to give you any kind of leeway so like i said if they really wanted to win they would get out of the way yeah so philly's good you know uh, giants are good giants are good washington i think is good i wouldn't say hot seat but we may see a bruce arians type move Nah, I think that, like this, this, this is gonna sound like apathetic and just kind of like rude, but I think his cancer survival bought him a full season because you can't have you know, a man survive cancer and then fire him from his job. Oh, yes, you can when you're the new owner that didn't hire him, or you that's know, all that I, that's why, yes, that's why I said save, that's why I said saved him, like with the previous regime. Uh huh. This new one has Eric Bieniemy, who has Locked three Super Bowl appearances, coaching and five AFC champion, coaching waiting. The curvy, smart, will must champ Nick Saban situation. So either you get rid of Rivera because we're all projecting not do, to not do well. You got a young quarterback. Yeah, I think you just move him upstairs if if he really has the effect on culture that you. That you that people say that he has. I don't know if that Bruce Arians thing, the Bruce Arians, Brad Stevens, that kind of in-house move. I don't I don't know how sustainable that is. I think that might be more of a a money thing, like, hey, we are kind of in deep with you with this contract, so we'll we'll give you some other titles so we can keep paying. Yeah. Yeah. But he, I think I got, I'd had, I got him on, but so far I got him on the hot seat. So I got, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have him on the hot seat. I just think that he may be gone, but I don't think it's like a, if you do this, you're fired. I just think it's time. I just think it's time. That's, you know, that's so, what I'm saying. Like, he's, but, but, that's, but, I, but that's, I will that's just, the but definition but, of the hot seat. Well, no, but when I think of but, no, but when I think of hot seat, I think negative. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's negative when you out. don't win football don't, games. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's I don't think it's there because I mean he did just make the playoffs like what two years ago. So I mean it's not as if he has Nick had Nurse won an NBA championship level. and they fired him. Dwayne Casey, yeah, he got four years year after that though. And got fired and got fired. Coach Nick Nurse got, got four fired. years after that. Yeah, but they went to the playoffs every year. So he won a championship. They go to the playoffs every year and they fire him. So and then they went to Ron the play. Rivera, Ron Rivera <laughs> is because think about it. Is Philly is Philly gonna be better after this season? Or are they gonna be worse? 
I don't know. If you think about it, if you had to project out, based I mean, on if you it, had to project it, you'd probably say that you got AJ Brown still. Three they, years. Yeah. They're good for the next two or three years. Yeah. Dallas is probably going to be good for the next. They're always talented. Years. Yeah. The Giants just locked up their quarterback, and they probably still have money to sign like some free agent wide receiver maybe in the next couple of years. And their defense is looking good, and their coach looks pretty confident. Of those four teams, to include the Commanders, if you're the new owner and you're making a five-year projection on your team based off of the previous years under the other regime, does Ron Rivera look like he can get your team to anywhere near these other three teams in your division? No. So then he's on then he's on the no, hot seat. But, so but, this but is his I, year to prove I, it. I guess we're just I guess we're more or less arguing semantics at this point. Like I just think it's time for him to go. I just don't view it as like yo, Ron, get the hell out of here. I just think it's like, I I do. I, 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 just, think, I, just I think I think that's I like, think that's my definition of hot seat. My definition of hot seat is like, like you're you're hired right now, you are employed by the team as head coach right now. Yeah. And you are literally coaching for your job. So that like, like I don't think every coach is coaching for their job. Well, I, I truly feel McDaniels like he could have a winning record. Well, I feel like he could have a winning rec- record and still be let go. I don't think so because you know I don't I mean? think like, anyone expects him to have a winning record. If I think a winning record is an overachievement for him, I think the Bruce Arians movement from the the, the winning record up to the top was because he was butting heads with a with established legend right. quarterback. Right. So right. that was the that was a tumultuous split that they had. That makes sense. But yeah. But in regards to if I got a young quarterback and I have a defensive head coach and I got this dynamic offensive coordinator, if if people can kind of adjust to his attitude or maybe he can you know kind of curtail it to where he's not you know, just demonstrative figure in practice, then I think as a Magic Johnson, these new ownership groups, they're like, we got a coach in waiting. We can let Ron Rivera go. And and that's what I'm saying. I think that's what they're banking on is like, hey, you know, let Hal get out there for a year, you know, under the enemy or whatever. The enemy takes over. It's just time, you know, but – you know, I'm gonna go, call that Fuego. We're gonna go Fuego since he's, and then, he's an American. <laughs> and then, Fuego. all right. So then, so then we got uh, the NFC North. You know, I think all the coaches there are pretty safe for the most part. Like I know you brought up Lafleur a little bit. Campbell, Lafleur, Lafleur is good because he has Jordan Love. Abert Chicago, sh- Chicago. I think I think he might be the guy because every move Chicago made in the off season is making people think that they better that they're going to be better than they are. So if they end up with a top 6 pick again, he's gone. Cuz you you got you have to think about think about the moves they made from the trade deadline last season up until today. You got Chase Claypool, big wide receiver target, then you got DJ Moore, big target. Give up everything to get him. You, they, they, no, they, they just gave up. They got some. Other well, stuff. no, they Carolina gave up, gave up everything to get the. Pick. Yeah, Carolina, yeah, 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 yeah gave up yeah, everything yeah. to get the pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So they got extra picks. Then you can move uh, Mooney to the slot. So offensively, you get to go. You still have your running back core, and you have the the personality of monsters of midway, and you have a defensive coach. So you're like, listen, coach, we gave you big playmakers on offense. So now. You have you don't have to worry about both. You're a defensive coach. We gave you the big bodies. 
Get the offensive coordinator to figure that part out. Now you go fix his defense because what's going to cause some games is Justin Fields having to throw the ball 40, 45 times and like throw it deep because they're right. down 13 points at halftime consistently out of these seven at these 18 weeks. That's going to cost him his job because an offensive coach, not necessarily like nag, I'm trying to think like who's probably going to be a hot offensive team. We'll go with the Buffalo Bills. Kellen Moore. <laughs> I mean, me. If they get over the hump, he's maybe, already he's already a hot name. You know what I mean? You you give me the offensive coordinator in Minnesota. You know, you know him with 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 O'Connell, the head coach there. Maybe he gets hot, and Kirk Cousins has like another career year. Yeah, and they're looking around like, "Whoa, Kirk Cousins had last a great couple of years. What's going on there in Minnesota with their offensive coordinator? Maybe." Maybe one of these young quarterbacks, like the maybe Indy, Kafka. You know. <laughs> Kafka out of Buffalo, right? Not uh, well, Giants. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you know, come on, if Daniel Jones throws for twenty-two touchdowns and six picks, Kafka's getting hired by somebody. <laughs> and I can guarantee you, if Chicago, if if Chicago looks inept on offense and exciting on, I mean, inept on defense and exciting on offense, they're gonna throw it all at the feet of Matt Eberflus. So I got him on a hot seat. Okay. And his name is just like just enough to get him fired. Yeah, his name. I'm tired of saying it. Um <laughs> NFC South, you got Dennis Allen, but I think the ones Allen, do yeah. pretty well. Dennis Allen has a, they have a chance to win the NFC South. I mean, even though, like I said, I'm a Falcon. Well, fan. if they well, well, that's the thing. I think if they don't win the NFC South, because he was already on the hot seat at the end of last season, even though he shouldn't have been per se. Like, I'm not saying he did a good job, but like you mentioned, the quarterback injuries, like you can't fault yeah. him. For it's, having it's to play Andy Dalton, if there's if any point in the season they're like three and five, because you know teams go three and five, and you get you get a stretch like for instance, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the Raiders schedule, right? Let's say you know you're three and five after eight weeks, yeah, and then you know you get a stretch like Giants, Jets, Miami, Kansas City. Say hypothetically in a in a, in a fair world, those were four average or mediocre teams. You can go three and five, ain't going a four game tear. Now you're seventy five. I think a lot of teams end up they needed the they needed to fire their coach, and then they go on that easy stretch and they right. keep the coach. It happened with Bruce Arians with the Super Bowl. Like everyone's talking about Tampa Bay and making that run. Well, like I think that relationship was probably already shredded. Right, right. They right, went to the right. bye week, and then Tom Brady was like, "Listen, we're doing it my way." And when it went to his way, they had the stretch at the end of the year. Then they went through the playoffs and they won the Super Bowl. So when they came back the following year, he's like, why on earth would I go back to doing it your way? When my way over the last eight weeks of last year, got us a, got us a ring. So right. it's, it's one of those situations where you got to fire him like Frank Wright. Frank Wright got fired when they were like three or five, three or six. Like we, we didn't think it was his fault. We just got to get him out of there. Granted, you don't bring in Jeff Saturday, but that's neither here nor there. Right. So, but, so yeah, that's and that's and that's what I think. I think if the Saints start out like that, he's gone. He's gone on the spot. Uh, otherwise, if he makes it through the season, and they say go seven and ten or lower than that, he's out of there just because of the money that they gave Carr. Not that they gave him. Not that they broke the bank. But you know what I mean. Yeah. They brought him in there to be the, a, you're the missing if piece. If they go, if they go seven and ten, and and Derek Carr plays fifteen and seventeen games, then yeah, he's fired. 
Yeah, he's out of there. Um, like I said, Arthur Blank doesn't fire anyone. Yeah, Reich is good because he just got there. Um, um, Bowles is gone. Done. He's, yeah, he's yeah, he's done at the bye week. Yeah, him and Baker Mayfield are both done at the bye week because he's going to name Baker Field as the, the starter because he's a defensive coach and he's going to think defensively. He's like, well, Let me Kyle get a Trask guy. also sucks. Who knows? Maybe, maybe he does. I maybe know. he doesn't. I know. <laughs> so him and him and Baker, I think is by like I think their bye week is week six, from what I can recall from our. Yeah, he could be gone early. by then. You know, especially yeah, if they're sitting by on then. two and four, one and five, and they don't you know? look good. They don't look appealing, yeah. and then they can't be put on TV because all of the seats are empty. Because I said, what you picked them to go like three and fourteen or something like that? I yeah, I picked something like that because I just I I. I think that early in the season, I think by that bye week, which I believe, like I said, is week six, week six or seven, they're going to purge. Yeah. They, I, I think they're going to just, I think they're going to clean house. Clean house. I think they, yeah. they missed, they missed up by getting rid of Byron Leftwich too early. Yeah. I would have kept him for he one He should have been year. the head coach. He's, me and my father were talking about this the other day. He was like, they promoted the wrong guy. They should have let Todd Bowles continue to work the defense. And then you let know we want you to hire Tom Brady be the coach on the, the field. The, the NFL needs to understand we want them to hire black coaches, but they got to hire the right black coaches. Yeah, don't just be hiring anybody because they dark skin. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but yeah, Bowles, Bowles is out of there. You know, right, over so in the West, NFC you know, West. Is McVay going to take his ball and go home? He's not on the hot seat, but is he going to, but he, you know, he, he's coming across to me as like, you know what I mean? Like, if we don't do this or if we're not a Super Bowl contender, I don't want to do this anymore. So, like, if the Rams go 6-11, and 7-10, and 10, does he just take he's his gonna, ball He's going to Fox. He's taking That's what I'm saying. So, so, yeah. I, so he's not on the hot seat, but I could see him not being there yeah. next year. He's on the he, – he, he has the eject he's, – he's holding on to the ejections he handled. Like, he's going to yank that himself. Yeah. Um, so, then, so, we'll call him gone. We'll just say he's yeah. gone. Shanahan's good because they've like people talked about all those picks he gave up to get Trey Lance. They survived that. Yeah, I think if Shanahan, was, I think Shanahan would anywhere be, else would have been de- detrimental to that team. I think Shanahan would be next year. Like if they if they if Seattle wins the division this year, like I said, you know what I mean? Like maybe they give him a pass because of the quarterback situation. But eventually it's like, yo, you're the guru. Figure this shit out. You know what I mean? So, like, next year could be a year I where. Think you would, even if you wanted to get rid of him, though. You can't. Who who are you bringing in? Like, you can't. I, you think, can't. I think he has enough cachet to where, for instance, we'll, and we'll go to the AFC. But we knew Nathaniel Hackett was replaceable. Right. We know that Todd Bowles is replaceable. We know that Ron Rivera is replaceable. Like. They're not. We knew that Cliff Kingsbury, even though he had like this dynamic expectation from Texas, Texas Tech on his football with Patrick Mahomes and all these other guys, and his time at Texas A and M with Johnny Manziel, we knew he was an offensive-minded coach. But when he got hired, we were like, okay, this this dude's replaceable. McVeigh right now doesn't give off that same vibe as like we can fire him and bring somebody else in because of his right. immediate impact. And I think that's what Shanahan has. He has that leverage because he had immediate impact in Cleveland, not to mention the family name. He had the impact in Atlanta, and then he came to San Francisco. And I think his personality works. It works with the media. I think people like the way he looks. I think 
I think he just has that. The he it has factor. it. Yeah. He has the it factor that you just can't. You're not going to bring in another Tom, John Tom Sula or whatever the guy's name is to replace him like they did with Harbaugh because they made that mistake. Harbaugh had the personality that he still should be coaching the 49ers, realistically. Yeah, he might be in the NFL next year. They keep the NCAA every, keep trying to suspend him over these cheeseburgers. Every single year he's in. Over the cheeseburgers, year. bro. He about to go to the NFL because of some damn get cheeseburgers. Get down these cheeseburgers. You know what I'm saying? What you yeah. say to me? <laughs> AFC East, you know, uh, we got to start with the Gentropolitans, right? I want to. I don't How think he should be. Aaron Rodgers playing? I'd say maybe two more after this one. And so that's you being got him playing three seasons to include this one. Y- yes, if I think he... I think that's the I think. Uh, let me put it like this: I think that's the plan. But obviously, he's going to decline, and he might have already started. Actually, you know but, what I mean. So, but, but my thing, my thing is not even a decline. So, like I said, so Salah. If I like Salah, but Aaron uh, Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers tells management or gives them a real hey i'm here for three seasons to include this one this season and two more then i think they will fire him if they had a bad season this year and try to bring in an offensive guy that's what i'm saying capitalize off the two years that's but that i think that's all predicated on aaron saying i'm gonna be here right 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 because you don't want to fire the head coach and you got a guy who's been contemplating retirement since Bush was president. Right. And then all of a sudden is like, mm. well, since Obama was president, well, I'll give him credit. He's been <laughs> contemplating retirement since Obama was president. So I don't know if you want to rock that boat because, you know, to another sport, another guy I like to bring up a lot, he plays basketball. Um, when LeBron decided to go to Miami, People were saying he should go back to Cleveland. I was like a week before he made his announcement, they fired the GM, the head coach, and like the president. It's like you got a guy who said, I want to be part of a rebuild, and you fire every position right. that would need to be in place for a rebuild. It was like, that's not gonna work. So if you fire Sala before he decides that he's gonna play two more years, I think they could put you in a position where you're begging him to stay or you're paying Zach Wilson. So I, I I think he's I think he's safe and their defense is good, and I think they'll do well. I think they'll I think they'll do well because <clears throat> I think the turnover that they get on their side of the fifty, he'll turn into points. I just I more just think, often than Zach Wilson. I just think if it goes bad, they need a scapegoat. But I don't think it's gonna go bad. I I don't I I, just, I mean I, think, I mean how many times have we sat here? And I think Miami teams, has a better chance of going bad than I agree with that. But 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 how many times have we seen these teams that look the part or you know have the part and it just doesn't work out for some reason? And there's always a scapegoat. I mean, <laughs> even even even, even Dell Harris had to go so Phil Jackson could come in. You know what I mean? Like we see this all the time. Yeah, but that was a different order. Like if you had well, I guess it's kind of that's very similar. This this with Robert Sala, he's known for defense and their defense because it was a point where last year I think he was the New England game or maybe the Green Bay game. When the Jets beat Green Bay, I think they went they were five and two after that game. 
Yeah. That's rare for them to have in you know recent history. Right. And then they know, beat for Buffalo. Them have, for them to have that kind of record that late. So we all as as fans, you know, if you're like a true fan of the Jets or if you're just a fan of football, when they were on primetime, we saw a lot of those Zach Wilson throws. It was like, yo, dog, Garrett Wilson's wide open in the middle of the field. Or when they'd run a little uh, little little screen with um Berrios in the flat. And it's like, yo, he's a punt returner. Just get the ball in his hands any kind of way you can. Even if you got to flip it, like just just flip it. Just get the ball to him. And then they're going and then they're gonna let him go to Miami. And he just, you know, the ball was like literally going sailing over his head. So I think Aaron Rodgers, if he comes in and he plays like Trent Dilfer with that, with the defense in the run game, you got, you got Delvin Cook, Priest Hall is back. Uh, I think it was Pittman, another running back that they had. So I think they got a three-headed monster at running back who was saying before they even signed Delvin Cook, yeah, we good over here at running back. So I think that they have enough to wear. And then they went out and got his two of his Green Bay buddies too. Got his Green Bay buddies. I saw something that they were thinking about trading for Batiari. I don't know what kind of – I don't know what they have as far as right. capital to make right. that trade. But if you're willing to put all this stuff around Aaron Rodgers, and I think you'll – I think Salah's locked, and I think he's good. Because, like I said, defensively they perform. You got Sauce Gardner. You got the cornerback on the other side making plays. I think they'll be good to go. I don't know what their record's going to be. You know, because I said we'll get to the AFC East and break that down. But yeah, I think the rest of the division is good. Yeah, like McDaniel's is good. Uh, He's good because he has the Tua thing anyway. So like, you know, uh, we just don't know Tua's health. So if he gets hurt again, you can't. He has. He has is like they. I've. I haven't seen Miami make moves like they've made over the last couple of years to make their team relevant. Because even right. if you think about their their football stadium, it's like a 60,000-seat stadium. So even the new stadium they built didn't feel like I'm making this move to be like just like this grand. Just, You're on the come up. Yeah. Yeah. Dallas, when Jerry Jones built Jerry World, it was 100. He's like, I'm trying to. He had boxing matches in there. It was like the first stadium that I can recall off the top of my head that that was advertised that cost more than a billion dollars. He, you knew he was putting work into it. The big screen, it's like yeah. sixty yards, you know. So like you knew that. Oh, I'm here to celebrate NFL football, the Texas football culture. Everything's bigger in Texas. The Miami built a whole new stadium. It looked like a soccer stadium. It's like open. It's kind of chill. It's like 60,000 seats. So yeah. they never really made those moves. So when they made these moves to get like Tyreek Hill and Waddle and drafting, like, you know, like going on, making trades for Chubb and get Larry Mutunsel, it's like, okay, they're really putting it together. Maybe I would have taken a Herbert over Tua, but that's just me. Right. Uh, right but like right. I said, they, 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 they're putting the players around. It's like, okay, Miami's, Miami's making moves. So I think McDaniels is safe. So if we go AFC North, I think they're all pretty much locked in. So, you think it's Stefanski? No, I think it's Harbaugh. No way. Legacy. Legacy. I think it's Harbaugh. I think it's time. Like we talked about, we argued <laughs> about his fourth down calls. You know, we, you know, they just gave Lamar the money. You know, all that good stuff like that. So, like, I don't think that it's necessarily like a. 
put up or shut up year type situation. But I think we're entering the waters of a couple of more situations like that. And we're going to have to start having conversations. I think, I think he's in a Shanahan bubble. I think he's in that that rarefied McVeigh Shanahan. And he actually got the Super Bowl. He has a Super Bowl victory. And he he has that. You know that 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 saying, like, you don't want to follow the legend. You want to be the guy that followed the legend. Like, the guy that followed the guy that followed the legend. Yeah, yeah. the guy that followed. So Andrew Luck slid in the Indianapolis at the perfect time because, like, Sorgi and Curtis Painter struggled their way through. And then they got rid of uh, Peyton Manning with the Denver. And then Andrew Luck came in. It was good to go. Aaron right. Rodgers is the exception to the rule, but he had a couple of rough years in the middle. So what you want, you want – if John Harbaugh leaves, the standard is still Baltimore Ravens football. Like, if you think Baltimore Ravens football, you think Terrell Suggs, Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, uh, Jonathan Ogden, Trent Dilfer winning Super Bowl, the defense – and it, you you just think this this Ozzy Newsome you just Shannon Sharp like I mean you 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 have like these names and these personalities. John Harbaugh is one of those guys that fits in there. Now, it's probably tough for a middle linebacker to come in and be Ray Lewis, right? But he can put up a hundred plus tackles. Like Roquan Smith can come in and put up a hundred plus tackles, and they can say he is carrying the torch for Raven football. What coach are you bringing in? Because everyone's getting younger coaches. Everyone's getting these 37, 36, 39-year-old coaches somewhere in that Well, a lot of these coaches are like, I don't want to say unknown because they're not unknown, but they weren't necessarily like. Yeah, because like, you know, McVay had a reputation around the league, but I don't think the casual fan was like, oh, they got Sean McVay. Like you know, on the floor, you know, Matt Brable. But all those guys followed bums. They did. Jeff Fisher. (laughs) They follow like okay, who was the coach? McCarthy. Was it was Jim Tom Sula? Yeah. And that that Shanahan replaced McCarthy. McCarthy had a scandal on his way out. And once again, people people we talk about this a lot. The way you look, like your aesthetic, does matter. Mike McCarthy does not look. He's not a handsome guy. All right, he, does, he does. He doesn't. He doesn't like the whole weight thing. People bash it for because it's on TV. McVeigh looks the part. His right. girlfriend, fiance, he looks Hollywood. Looks the part. But Lafleur looks the part. Uh, what's the boy? Uh, Zach in um Cincinnati looks. Oh, the part. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Jim Harbaugh looks the part, or John Harbaugh looks the part. Mike Tomlin, like these guys, have that. Denny Green didn't look the part. Zach Taylor. There you go. Zach Taylor. Todd Bowles just looks (laughs) confused. Todd Bowles does not look like he commands the room. Yeah, he looked like Mr. Magoo out there. Byron Leftwich did, though. Byron Leftwich looks – he had that – he was a big dude. He's like 6'5", 6'6", quarterback. And he would have got in Tom Brady's face. And he would have been eye-to-eye with him. So that argument would have looked different. So that argument in in, in a competitive sense, Bruce Arians, he he had that – he had like a, a different kind of swag to him. You know, where like you you need that. Ron Rivera looks like a guy, he looks very sturdy, strong. I'm not taking your bullshit kind of guy. Old boy in Arizona that they hired was uh uh Gannon or whatever. Who they yeah, hired Jonathan uh, Gannon. Yeah. Yo, he looks like a science teacher. 
he looks like he's gonna get bullied. No facial hair, like come on, dog. You ain't got no facial hair. You got a mustache. Like give me, like you, you gotta have, you gotta have that kind of cachet the way you walk into the room. <laughs> Bill O'Brien is another guy, big guy, but he just never had that. He never looked like he was in charge of the room. Nathaniel Hackett. We'll talk about the AFC West. He looked confused. He didn't look very sure of himself. Lafleur. He went toe to toe with Aaron Rodgers for three years. Yeah. Granted, he got him oh four years. He got him two MVPs, but that first year is like, no, we're gonna we're gonna run my playbook. Granted, yeah. I'm pretty sure they got together, but you can just tell that he was making the calls. He, he had to let Aaron the... Rodgers know there's a new sheriff in town. Exactly. Like, I don't know what y'all was doing around here before. Yeah, but this is what we doing now. Yeah, the fat cross-eyed dude is gone. Like, <laughs> I'm here now. Like, I'm here. I'm handsome. I'm smart. Sean Payton, you know, saying, "Hey, Russ, get your guy up out of here." Yo. I, he he command Bill Parcells. Some of these guys command the room, and it's just you know Archell, big body, former offensive lineman. You can John Thompson, coach of George, you know Georgetown, like certain yeah. Jeff Saturday, Jeff Saturday didn't have it. <laughs> Jeff Saturday looked like he looked like a dude that dressed up for like his birthday parties on Saturdays, like just a happy jovial guy. He was always just. You know, like you could just tell certain guys just have it and they don't. Yeah, he reminds me of Sharp. Newman. He reminds me of Newman from Seinfeld. Imagine Skip Bayless is your head coach and he's yelling at you about not making a block versus <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, so it just it just certain it just certain people just kind of have that cachet. And I just Man. think that, you know, he's gonna walk up on Aaron Donald talking about put your glasses back on. He's gonna <laughs> slap him right in the face. <laughs> All right. So then you got the AFC South. You know, so obviously D'Amico Ryan's just got hired. He's so, good. You know, he's gonna get three or four years, hopefully. Rabel um, has two young quarterbacks and Ryan Tannehill, which everyone seems to make the scapegoat. So I think he'll go before Rabel does. Yeah, like whatever I felt about like Jimmy Garoppolo, like R- Ryan Tannehill is like the poor man's Garoppolo. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill is one of those guys. Is like I want to give him like Garoppolo credit. But it seems like he does throw the game away every single. I mean, he's a. And I mean, he was a wide receiver too. So I mean, he's like not a natural that quarterback in that way. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm he was a saying. quarterback before. People like Garoppolo. Yeah, I know, but I'm just saying. I'm just. Saying. I, I just. Uh, I've just seen him throw. I just seen him throw the game away. You know, a couple times, like right? Important right, right. times. Like well, well, they lost a playoff like, game where the defense Cincinnati. gave them nine sacks. Yeah, Cincinnati again. That's the year yeah. that the Joe Burrow and he threw right in this through the linebacker was standing right there. It was like just balls. Like he probably thought about all the years he played football in his life. And he thought to himself, I've never had a ball come to me this clean before. <laughs> and he's just standing right there, just like and they're like, Cincinnati's gonna win the game. Asante Samuel style. Don't come for me, Asante. Whoa, you know, man, I wish he would have caught that. 19 that would have been crazy. That would have been a crazy conversation. I know. But I think but yeah, AFC South, uh, they're good to go. Yeah, Doug Peterson's good. Steichen just got his job. So, yeah, they're good yeah. to go. And then we come to the West, get Josh McDaniels out of here. Yeah, see, that's the thing. <laughs> they keep I hiring him. Like, I don't know how he got a job after the whole Indianapolis thing. Yo, listen, man. A lot of, like, you just got to you gotta be in the right room. You got to shake the right hands and kiss the right babies. Yeah, I think he just, somebody called on a favor. But the Raiders owner won't change his haircut. <laughs> and it's terrible. You I was know who watching... he looked like? You remember that old movie, Problem Child? 
Oh, he looks like the yeah, problem child like grown junior, up. He looked like Junior, bro. No, he looked like Junior. Yeah, the problem child grown up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, just think if he if he could look in the mirror every day and be like, you know what, this is what I'm going with. He's not going to get rid of Josh McDaniels. Like he looked like he like his goal in life was to be one of the three Stooges. I think he's like I think he he wakes up like you know what I'm so rich that my hair is irrelevant. That's probably true, but Brandon but Staley, I think he's on good. the other hand, better be looking Brand- over his shoulder. Brandon State is out of there. He he's of all the coaches in the league, I think he's on the hottest seat because they just paid the quarterback a lot of money. Now you gotta get it done. Now you gotta get it done. You gotta at least get to an AFC championship game. You gotta look like you can get to one. Well, you well, gotta, like every single week, you gotta look like you know what you're doing. You can't have lapses in two well, or three games in a row where it looks like you're out there hacking it like Nathaniel Hackett. Well, you know, when I went to Wyoming, um, I was working with some missileers, and they just had all the drama, all the fuckery all the time. So I told them, like, yo, don't nobody fuck up like a missileer fucks up. So yeah. like Nobody fucks up like Staley fucks up. Like the game against the Raiders in year one, all you got to do is tie the game and you get to the playoffs. And he went for fourth and one at his own 20, got stopped. That was, that was the, it wasn't even fourth and one. It was like fourth and two and a half. It was like a and, long two, almost a three. And then, then, you know, there was the whole overtime thing where the Raiders were like, yo, we were just going to let the clock run out. Like you know, he called that. But you, out. you you can't you can't fault him for that because you don't know that's what they were gonna do. No, but no, but when you but when you add it all up together, like you can't. So in the moment, that was context, like I, contextually. I'll, I'll, contextually, I'll give him credit for that one. Contextually, I'll give him credit for that one. Contextually, you can't fault him. But if you're just looking at a big picture, it's just a part of the story. And then, if then if then the twenty-seven to nothing like, against Jacksonville, would, the twenty-seven points was bad. That was a bad look, but. I mean, it happens to the best. It was Dan Quinn got like two more years after the twenty-eight to three Super Bowl debacle because Atlanta made the playoffs the following year, right? But that that Raiders overtime game, I'll give you the going for it on your side of the field. It was that was just not only your side of the field at your own twenty. It's like, and then hold up, matter of fact, and then there was another game last year against Cleveland where. You know, it was like a minute and a half left. He went for it at like the 46. And then the defense saved him. Yeah. So, so I mean, like, this is just what he does. He, 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 if he doesn't throw passes there, I think he's good to go. Because in that situation, it was like, if you get the first down, the game is over. Because that's right. the same argument I had with Atlanta against New Orleans. Call the timeout. I know it's fourth and one. But pull your guys over and say, hey, if we get this one yard, the game is over. Like right. they, they can't stop the clock, but you got to have the confidence to run like a good play. I think the play calling is bad in those situations, but the Raiders game is like, there's no way you can think in your head. If I'm a Raiders fan, I'm not putting a rival into the playoffs. I don't want someone who's already seen me twice this year in the playoffs. And, you know, and it's strictly you both make it to the AFC championship game. And that's the third time I played you guys this year. You know all my plays. I didn't run. Was it the other way around? I ran that wrong. No, it was the other way around. Did he call the timeout, or did he He, not call the timeout? Staley called the timeout. Okay. And I think he called the timeout either for maybe the Raiders run another play, and 
maybe fumble or somehow he was trying to conserve time because if they kicked the field goal and missed, he would have had the ball somewhere near midfield. midfield I think it was like, yeah, it was like a 50 plus yard field goal or right. somewhere in that range. So you put right. the ball down at the 42, 43 yard line. It's like, you know, something like that. Like, you know, so like yeah. you snap it, you snap it, you know, from like the 46 yard line, a 36 yard line. He's like a 53 yard field goal. So he gets the ball somewhere around midfield with 20 some seconds left. Cause you can't, you can't look across the field and see your division opponent and think, oh, they're going to let us in the playoffs. So he had to do what he had to do. It's just, he had to do that because he was ill prepared with the right. other decisions he was making in previous games and previous and in that game. game. And, and, and that that's what game. I'm saying. Like, like, so I that's, think that, that's the biggest problem. Yes. Yeah, so I think that his story is just written. Like, you know what I mean? Like, like if the Chargers don't get to the AFC Championship game or something along those lines, you know, if they don't go twelve and five or eleven and six, like going into the playoffs, he's because I think they'll still make the playoffs. But going into the playoffs, that could be tough. Be, yeah, keep in mind, AFC East might get three teams in. That's true. That, the AFC North might get three teams in if Pittsburgh is better than you know, or or to be it'll be it'll be close. Like I don't yeah. know, you know, it'll it'll be it'll be a close situation where the tiebreaker could be like I last year. Of, you know, Pittsburgh almost got in good. last year. Yeah, a lot of AFC teams are going to be good. Yeah, a lot of them have young quarterbacks. And I remember old, Pittsburgh had that Pittsburgh had that like wild scenario last year where like if New England does this and then Miami does that and like you know, if somebody like, else dies <laughs> and somebody else loses, they would have been in. Yeah, yeah, so, like they could end up like that. It's, yeah, it's a tough situation because you figure Jacksonville is going to be as good as they were last year. Yeah, but the I Jets think only, are probably going to be better. But I'm thinking only one team is going to make it out of that division, though. Unless, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, yeah, so, so, like, so yeah, one. so yeah, if you get three from the AFC East, you get Jacksonville, you get at least two from the North. You know what I mean? So like, and then you get Kansas City. So that's or your and it's you or Denver, potentially. Because you, but long as he sticks to. If you're gonna go for it on fourth and two, I'm with it. Just don't do what uh don't, don't bring go it up. Don't you bring it up? No, 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 no. Like if it's fourth, <laughs> if it's fourth and two in the first half from the three, yeah, don't kick the field goal and then fourth and two from the 47 in the third quarter, go, go for it. it. Right. Like Pick pick a strategy you're gonna run with, and because in the the Los Angeles Jacksonville playoff game, it was a couple of situations where probably should just gone for it. You had a big enough lead to where kicking the field goal wasn't didn't put them out of their didn't put Jacksonville out of their misery. Right, getting the touchdown. Yeah, maybe you don't get it, but more likely your expectation that you're gonna blow a lead that's that big, unlikely. Right. You know, so I would I would have just gone for it. So as long as he can figure out a way when he's gonna go for it and just come up with better plays, just don't go five. Don't well, go that, well now. Well, now that's the thing. New offensive coordinator now. So you know, we'll have to see how that looks. You know, what what if Herbert, you know, only throws twenty two touchdown passes this year? <laughs> he's gonna throw more because yeah, I know. I know. You know, there's going to be an emphasis for him to throw more, especially now that he got paid. So, you know what I mean? And hopefully those receivers can stay healthy for a full season. You know, they got 
Palmer yeah. back there, you know, that I like. He got some snaps last year. They got Carter, who got some snaps last year. So even if the injuries happen, theoretically, they should be okay. So, you know, so, so yeah, but he's definitely on the hot seat. He's probably facing the most pressure, you know, followed by Todd Bowles. I think Todd Bowles is on a hot seat because I think people want to get rid of him. I don't yeah. think it's, I don't really think it's performance based. I think it's just a matter of you are probably not going to perform. I think there's right. expectation that it won't get better. And I don't think he'll get the leeway right. of having a an average. And I wonder if we might see uh, Bruce Arians come back downstairs. <laughs> Hell no. No, no not for not, not for good, but like if they fire him in the middle of the season, you know, just bring Bruce down for the season. Bruce, like, listen, man, go ahead and give me another boat. <laughs> just buy me a boat, put out in the bay, let me chill. Like, that's that's what I want. Because like I said, I think I think Staley's on the hook on the hot seat be, simply because his team is so talented. Right. His team is talented, his quarterback is young, and his quarterback has never struggled. Right. So his it's I don't think Herbert's missed the game, even with the ribs. Like the play where against Kansas City, where he couldn't throw the ball on like second down, he just threw it into the ground. He went to the huddle, took a deep breath, and then on third down threw a dot for a first down to like inside the five yard line. Yeah. So even with that pain, it just was like, okay, you have a tough, big, tough quarterback who's never struggled. Why are you struggling as a coach? Because yeah, they play Kansas City well. They just they just could never close it out. Because they one game one game I think they should just kicked a couple field goals mm-hmm. inside the five fourth and whatever. Just kick. The well, I think these teams just points. get into their own head and they don't trust themselves. You know, they like see the, Patrick the New Mahomes England conundrum. Yeah, but, you see Patrick Mahomes over there and like you shit your pants. It's like yo, these three points. He can't do nothing about that. I'm like he's not allowed to block this field goal. Yeah, because he yeah. probably could if he wanted to. <laughs> yeah, probably hobble out there. You know what I mean? But like, yeah, like so. I think that, uh, yeah, I think I think that's. So there's a few coaches on the hot seat, you know, um, going into this year. There's always a shocker, you know, that comes out of nowhere. Who would so, be the shock? Who would you think would be the shocker this year? Like of all the teams we ran through, who like, like he doesn't make it because like this is who I've written down. I think we agreed upon this. I got Rivera. You don't, but I, I got Rivera. Iberflus, Ty Bowles, Sean McVay, Brandon Staley. Those are the five that I have. I think everybody else is pretty secure. The surprise. I mean, the surprise, I guess you brought his name up, but I guess Stefanski could be the surprise. You know, I but I don't really would... think, but I don't really think that's a surprise, though, because that's Cleveland and that's just what they do. Like, they don't give yeah. their coaches time. So, like, I wouldn't see it as, like – like, it would be shocking, like, hey, why they fire him? But it's Cleveland. So, I wouldn't be like, yo, where'd yeah. that come from? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, if, if Cincinnati fired their coach, that'd be like, whoa. Yeah, you'd be like, on? what's going on? Yeah. Like, so, I think, I think like, honestly, out of the coaches that we spoke about, just from a scapegoat perspective, like I said, I think Salah could be the surprise. You know, you got Salah. Salah be just, a surprise. Just, just depending on how it goes. Like I don't think he should be. I don't think he will be. But I'm just saying that if it doesn't go to plan, if they're under 500, because I, I I was watching Resigen because he's a I was watching Resigen show. He's a big Jets fan, and they were talking about like their early part of their season. It was like they could 
No. They can start off. They can start off like one and three. Yeah. One and three, oh and four. Yeah. Yeah. It was like that's that's tough in in here and 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 this this block. I would. I don't think they would fire him then though. Like I don't think he would get like a. I don't think he would be a bye week firing if they were to fire him. I don't. Unless, and this is a stretch, unless Aaron Rodgers really believes in Nathaniel Hackett. I don't know if you are the Johnson & Johnson CEO <laughs> selling Band-Aids and baby powder for generations. You would make such a hasty and semi-ill-informed decision. Right. But if Aaron Rodgers is like, hey, I think Hackett could like I don't know what evidence he would use because we got eleven games last year. We got he just week one against guy. Seattle. He, he, week one against Seattle let us all know that that guy was not going to be. <laughs> uh, he he was he was not the guy for the job. Or, and then when he hired when he hired the guy to go in the box and they were playing against the Colts, it was like nah. Or you brought up a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. You brought up a couple of weeks ago because I was talking about how I thought Vrabel was a good coach. And, you know, you were basically like, yo, he ain't that good. So, like, maybe he could be the surprise. Well, what he has is an underperforming quarterback and two young prospects. So, in in a, in a, a, uh, a, a fight for your life meeting, he could say Tannehill is holding us back as a team or I think I can get Will Levis in here with Derrick Henry in our running game and we can win games. And Oh, by the way, we just got D hop. So I, I think that's his leeway. Unless you could look at it like this, you get rid of the, in the old quarterback, like you bench the old quarterback, you fire the coach, you bring in or you move up an offensive coordinator and they start Malik Willis or Will Levis and Tannehill's the third guy holding the clipboard. And then you go into off season a la what Carolina did and go get a guy who was abruptly fired, i.e. a Kevin Stefanski. Stefanski yeah. gets fired. He sits for the rest of his year. Cleveland's paying him his money. And then you hire an interim guy. Season ends. You're five and 12. You move Derrick Henry, you go get this coach. So, like, that seems like a thing because your division as an AFC South, your division isn't going to be like Washington. Watch, like, the a- NFC East is going to be a couple of steps ahead of Washington right, right. for the next couple of years, whereas the, the Titans, their division isn't going to be – they're right. going to be in the mix. Jacksonville is going to look like the, the kings of the division, right? but they won't be world beaters. Right. You know, they won't they won't just turn into Kansas City. They won't just turn into Buffalo or right. early 2000s New England. So I think the the idea of getting rid of coach, bringing in a new GM, bringing up one of the young quarterbacks, pairing him with, you know, D-Hop, maybe another big wide receiver they have and kind of just altering tweaking the offense that way. I can see them doing that like in a rebuild because that's what I think the the commanders are going to do when they get rid of Rivera. They're going to bring in they're going to bring up the enemy. Yeah, paired him with Sam Howell, and fling it all over the field, and think they're going to make Kansas City East up there in Landover, Maryland. That's right. 
That's right, baby. On the worst field in the league. So I don't care what the Eagles played on. It ain't worse than FedEx. Listen, man, that was a Chiefs fan who put extra water anywhere that <laughs> like he was out there with the water holes every time the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, you know that's a ball. thing. Like they used to he say he put water how, on Jalen Hurts' hands. That's why he fumbled. Oh, you know that, that that's a thing they used to talk about back in the day, how like whenever USC or Florida State would go over to Notre Dame, you know, they wouldn't cut the grass for a couple of weeks or like you know what I'm saying, they'll soak it up, you know what I mean? They used to, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, Listen, we need a couple of weeks for these seeds to sink in, you know? It's yeah. not it's not about the team coming in. It's about we want the field to be at its best condition. We wanted to, even yes. though even though they all got like six inch spikes on their cleats. Yeah. And they're not slipping at all. Yeah. But yeah. You know, you yeah. gotta get an advantage where you can. That's what it is. And on that note, folks, sports reports is ordered. You know, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the love and appreciation because we appreciate you. you like, know, share, have a good, subscribe. Like, share, subscribe. Have a good weekend. We'll be back on Monday. You know, Monday night, Ravens and Commanders. You know, preseason football on the tube. We'll you know, we're going to be talking somebody. Yeah, talking about the AFC South. You know, so like, you know, it's a dirty job, but somebody got to do it. And we got <laughs> you because we love you. You know, sad sports reports is on it. It's the yeah. logical. See, I did it again. It's the <laughs> logical. <laughs> Two five. You know, we love you. We'll be back on Monday. Peace. Peace.